The Daily 202's Big Idea is supported by Battelle. For 90 years, the employees of Battelle have solved the world's most challenging problems, finding solutions and really big ideas. At Battelle, it can be done. Learn more at battelle.org 90. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, August 21st. In today's news, President Trump cancels his trip to Denmark after the prime minister says she won't sell him Greenland. Seriously. The Trump administration is getting rid of more protections for immigrant children in U.S. custody. And the Me Too reckoning continues from Philadelphia to Australia. But first, the big idea. When President Trump targeted mental illness as the cause of the mass shootings in El Paso and Dayton that killed 31 people, federal health officials made sure no government experts would contradict him. A directive from a bigwig at the Department of Health and Human Services went out on August 5th. It warned all communications staffers across several agencies not to post anything on social media related to mental health, violence, and mass shootings without prior approval from a Trump political appointee. This alarmed government mental health experts who say they felt muzzled at a moment when many Americans were searching for answers to the epidemic of mass shootings. Many researchers agree that Trump's comments on mental health are at odds with well-established research. Three agency employees are now blowing the whistle on what they see as an unusual and improper directive. They spoke on background to my colleagues William Wan and Yasmin Abu Talib. Meanwhile, Trump continues to blame mental illness and not guns for the epidemic. His go-to line for the past three weeks, which he just repeated, has been, quote, mental illness and hatred pull the trigger, not the gun. Well, mental illness is sometimes a factor in these shootings. A growing body of evidence has found that it's rarely a predictor. Most studies of mass shooters have found that no more than a quarter of them have been diagnosed with mental illness. Researchers have noted that more commonly shared attributes include a strong sense of resentment, desire for notoriety, obsession with other shooters, a history of domestic violence, and narcissism. Experts inside and outside of government will also tell you that other countries have similar rates of mental illness, but only a fraction of U.S. fatalities from shootings. Epidemiologists agree that the key factor that sets the U.S. apart from the rest of the world is the easy availability of guns. Seven years ago, in the days and months following the mass shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, The National Institutes of Mental Health spoke extensively about mental illness and violence. After this month's shooting, however, the government-backed institute and its director have been largely silent. Mental health advocates also worry that Trump blaming the mentally ill for mass shootings will spread fear and keep people who need help from seeking it. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, last night, Trump abruptly called off his trip to Denmark, announcing in a tweet that he's postponing the visit because the country's leader isn't interested in even entertaining his idea to buy Greenland. The move comes two days after Trump told reporters that owning Greenland, a self-governing country that's part of the kingdom of Denmark, would, quote, be nice from a strategic perspective for the United States. Trump's announcement suggests that despite his earlier denials, the central purpose of his trip had been discussions of a U.S. purchase of the massive glaciered island, which holds increasing value as melting sea ice opens new parts of the Arctic to shipping and resource extraction. Trump had planned to dine with Denmark's queen before meeting in Copenhagen with Danish political leaders. 
Before news of Trump's interest in buying Greenland broke, his visit was seen as an offbeat thank you to a small country that's been a stalwart NATO ally and supported U.S. military actions. It's not clear whether Trump will still go to Poland, as he'd been scheduled to do for two days ahead of Denmark in early September. The Danes are furious over this snub. Parliamentarians and former top government ministers are slamming the president's behavior as juvenile, undiplomatic, and insulting. Number two, the Trump administration is expected to announce as soon as today that it is moving ahead with new rules that would allow for the longer-term detention of migrant families. The Department of Homeland Security is expected to issue a sweeping new set of regulations on the requirements for detaining kids, replacing more than two decades of protections that are on the books. The New York Times says these new standards will lower the minimum requirement for care and end the 22-year-old consent decree known as the Flores Agreement that has protected the nation's youngest and most vulnerable new arrivals. When the Flores Decree was agreed to in 1997, the litigation transformed the way migrant children across the southern border are treated when they arrive. Administration officials say the new regulations will maintain the underlying spirit of that agreement and that all children will be treated with dignity, respect, and special concern. But those who spearheaded the long-running litigation say that's not believable. In related news, the Trump team announced yesterday that the government will not provide any flu vaccines this year to migrant families held in border detention camps, despite calls from doctors to boost efforts to fight infections that have killed at least three children in the past year. Customs and Border Patrol says it's too operationally complex to vaccinate everyone and keep track of it, especially because kids are in custody for a relatively short period of time. But if the conditions don't improve, Dr. Julie Linton, the chair of the American Academy of Pediatrics Committee on Immigrant Child and Family Health, says that more kids will needlessly die. Number three, the Me Too reckoning continues. Philadelphia Police Commissioner Richard Ross was abruptly forced out of his job last night after a woman inside the department said he ignored her complaints of another officer's sexual harassment because she broke off a two-year affair with Ross eight years ago. Another woman from inside the department was named as interim commissioner, the first time in history that a woman has been the top cop in the city of brotherly love. Meanwhile, an Australian court upheld the convictions of the highest-ranking Catholic official to ever be imprisoned on charges of sexual abuse. Cardinal George Pell will have to continue to serve his six-year term for sexually assaulting two choir boys who sneaked into his changing room to drink sacramental wine in Melbourne's Grand St. Patrick's Cathedral 23 years ago. In a case that caused bitter division among Catholics, the Chief Justice of the Victorian Supreme Court said she was convinced by the evidence of the only living witness, a man who had accused the conservative prelate of surprising his younger self and brutally assaulting him in front of a school friend who was attacked too. And disgraced movie mogul Harvey Weinstein wants his trial on sexual assault charges moved out of New York City. His legal team says the intense media scrutiny there makes it impossible to find an impartial jury. They point to something that's kind of an amazing stat. Page six, the New York Post's gossip column, has mentioned Weinstein more than 11,000 times. The filing also claims that Weinstein can't get a fair trial there because the Big Apple is the epicenter of the Me Too movement. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, August 21st. As a heads up, I'll be off tomorrow and Friday and then next week for a Labor Day recess of my own. But some of my colleagues will fill in and I'll be back the week after next. Hopefully you get some downtime as well during this last gasp of summer. 
Also, you'll hear more on this in the next couple weeks, but I really want to thank everyone who took the time to answer that listener survey recently. Your thoughtful responses were immensely helpful, and I'm so honored to be part of your morning routine. I really am. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.